Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Chip Scoggins from Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Vikings have fallen to 0-2 for the first time under Mike Zimmer. Uh, guys, where do we start from here? What was your first impression when the final whistle blew? They're a bad team. <laughs> That's, I guess, what I was setting right up now, for. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to say it. They're a bad team right now. Which, in all phases. And that's not something we've said about them in quite a long time. I mean, they've had years where they kind of imploded. I mean, we, but the last times we've seen them not make the playoffs have been in positions where they need they controlled their own destiny heading into December. We haven't seen a bad Vikings team under Mike Zimmer. You could probably argue that first one wasn't very good, but even that they made it respectable by the end of the year and, and this one's so good it, it, they're young but to see them 0-2 and to see them look that out of answers I guess in the first two weeks is is awfully shocking especially given what's coming in the next few weeks with the schedule and that's the thing I'd say is like one you could tell Zimmer after the game he looks out of answers but two tell me one thing they do well right now like, literally, what, what one area do they do well? I thought they ran the ball well with Dalvin Cook. And I guess that's kind of what led to my idea to, to write our little sidebar piece. You know, we've got so many things we write for the, the newspapers after the game. But one of the angles that you can kind of try and take out is the fact that Dalvin Cook's touches have plummeted. Um, they aren't getting him involved. They get him involved on the first drive, right? And then it seems to fall apart from there. And whether it's short drives, safeties now in back-to-back games, back-to-back, two-back, if you go all the way back to the regular season finale last year where Mike Boone is tackled in the end zone for a safety. But, Ben, I thought they, I thought going into the season, continuity, Gary Kubiak, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook's new deal, they would at least be able to feed Dalvin Cook, and not even that's yeah. working. Yeah, I mean, that you thought would be the thing they'd hang their hat on if, if for no other reason than they've told us so many times that's the thing they want to hang their hat on. And paying Dalvin Cook – certainly contributes to that and they've talked about they didn't want to change anything they wanted to keep Gary Kubiak because they wanted the play calling to be the same they wanted everything to be pretty much the way it was last year because they liked that approach and they Dalvin only had six carries in the first half and and they weren't out of the game to the point where I mean you know a couple of years ago when they started having when all of this run the ball more stuff started they had games where they were losing by 10, 14 points, and Mike Zimmer kind of rejected the notion that game flow was such that they shouldn't be running the ball. They certainly haven't been out of games here to the point where you think they'd give it up, and yet Delvin Cook's not carrying the ball very much. And some of that today may have been they didn't like the matchups with their offensive line in the state that it's in against that Colts front, but. Yeah, they haven't really been able to establish any kind of an identity, and especially on offense when you had so many pieces back. That's concerning. Yeah, and just trying to find some kind of run game early and on and downs because we do see it. Yeah, where Cook will get the ball, it's a one-yard carry or one-yard gain, excuse me, and this offense gets stuck second and nine, third and long, and they've just totally been unable to get out of it. But Cook just has, I think, two or three catches this season, too, in two games. So even when you're trailing, it's like there's not a screen that can be built. There's not, And I know I understand Darius Leonard, very bad matchup for that kind of thing in this game. But it's not like the Packers have these inside linebackers that you got to fear when it comes no, to getting down. the opposite and, with the Packers. 
don't you guys wonder too, like, how much does Gary Kubiak trust his personnel at this point? Both the offensive line and protecting. Yeah. And you don't, let's be honest, Adam Thielen's your only one reliable receiver at this point. And so you, you, you're really missing digs. You don't have that second option. You're not being able to run the ball consistently. I mean, if you get, you know, if Dalvin gets stopped on first and, you know, like you said, a one-yard gain on first down, it feels like the series is over. <laughs> you know, I mean, now, he had, you know, uh, Cousins had a couple nice completions to Thielen in that first drive, but they're just not able to sustain anything. What did you think of Kirk? I mean, in I terms of awful. <laughs> in terms of kind of the decision making and, and the throws, one thing that stood out to me early on in this game, I think it was by halftime, um, he had as many completions as he did passes that were knocked to the ground by Colts defenders, and that to me is is that's a decision making thing. It's an execution thing. It's it's all of it combined because if you're getting the ball into those tight windows, and this Colts defense going into this one, not, I don't think we were expecting them to be ball hawks, yeah, and kind of be swatting the ball all around. So to me. I think it spoke to kind of their inability to get guys open and then Kirk's inability to find the open guy. The, he had three interceptions, and I, I heard a little bit of it on Twitter about, well, okay, the one at the end of the first half is a Hail Mary. Yes, it was. And then somebody described the first one as basically a punt. If it's a punt, it was a punt with a 43-yard return that then led to a field goal. So you can't call that one that. And then the one went off B.C. Johnson's hands, but it was behind him. You could play that game if you want. But what you also then have to consider is the fact that the Colts had a couple other times where they dropped interceptions, where they were jumping routes, and I think one of those looked like it would have gone for a pretty big return. So it was not – yeah, you can go both ways with it, and and people like to, you know, kind of parse things with the quarterback to probably make themselves feel like it's not that bad. But at the end of the day, when you have a passer rating of, what was it, 15? 0.0 going into the fourth quarter. That's bad. Yeah, it was (laughs) 1.8. I think late in the fourth quarter until he got a, you know yeah. a garbage time drive there, but you, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I remember having this discussion with people with Christian Ponder, and the the problem at the quarterback position in the NFL is even if the the quarterback is not the biggest reason you lose games, you miss out on something by not having a quarterback that's good enough to cover up other reasons you that's, lose that's, games. I, I wrote, that's why you pay what you paid that's for what this I, quarterback. I wrote about it. It's like he's ill-equipped to improvise, and he can never overcome other people's li- limitations. He, he's never able to just rise above a bad offensive line. And it's you can spin it. I mean, that first inter, uh, first interception, to me, that just felt like, oh, to hell with it. Let's just throw it deep and see what happens. It's like, what kind of – well, he he got asked about that? that about you know were you pressing on anything and he said well that was really the only one where I th- I thought it was pressing and he said you know take a shot there given the game situation but it you know there's still a minute left in the first half yeah. it it wasn't like 15 seconds or something oh, and and oh by the way Zimmer you know uses his final timeout um trying to ice a kicker on yeah. the, on the previous you know on the, the very last one where. They burned what fourteen seconds after the long pass to was it Jefferson? I can't remember, but it oh, been, yeah. before the, the hail mary, before the hail marys, yes. Yeah, yes, at the very last. Yep. So you know there was some questionable clock management again mm-hmm. by the head coach mm-hmm. too. Well, they had to burn a, a timeout on that third and ten before Cousins heaved the interception aimed deep to Thielen, 
before yeah, before, before that before yeah. the hail that mary was the, that yeah. was position before the last yeah one. so yeah. there was there was poor time it's like what what do you need to figure out in that third and ten okay you better come out it's like it's like basketball you better come out if you're gonna you burn a timeout and, and kind of force a half court set you better come out with a good play and yeah. the vikings came out with this heave into an interception did you guys get the same sense i did from zimmer that in the in the post game zoom he just seems exasperated yeah yeah that's the sense i, I got so. I think lack of answers is the right way. When you said, like, I think he just kind of, it seems like he's grabbing for, at straws and trying to figure out what's going wrong because so many things seem to be going wrong, right? It's not just this lack of pass rush, young corners. And even Zimmer talked about when he was asked about Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor looked like a Big Ten game. He was just running through people early on. And um, Zimmer said, well, I think part of that was because I, he admitted to altering coverage calls, calling them more conservative this time around because he didn't want to get beat deep because of right. what happened last week against the Packers. Right, and and he still had – I mean, it wasn't as bad because it's not Aaron Rodgers, but, I mean, the, t- the tight end for the Colts had a big day. You know, caught a couple within zones, I think. But, yeah, it, it's – I mean, you look down the line, it's the quarterback's not playing well. They're not able to get the run game going. They haven't had any pressure on opposing quarterbacks to speak of. They have had trouble stopping the run. They've made mistakes. They had some bad special teams moments today. Uh, clock management we talk about. I mean, the, well, you sit there and say, what do you like? And it's and, hard to find much of anything. Well, that's the other thing. is like how many – in the first two games, how many times have they had a penalty on third down that's extended a drive or whatever? Yeah. And then – Two today. And then the one on – you know, it's little things like this that just drive you crazy too is they punt it – or Vikings punt it. The guy the who downed it on the – like the six yard line when it's, it could have rolled another yeah, the rookie. four yards, yeah. but yep. he ran out of bounds. He's the first one to oh to, Dan Chisena to yeah, yeah. He's, he's the first one to get it. So not only does he run out of bounds and then he picks it up before he needs to. They make him re kick and they got a, a net gain of I think twenty nine yards on that. It's just like they're not good enough to do those kind of things. No, they're really not. They're really not. And it, and it, when it's all three of those phases letting you down, yeah, and especially special teams, you're going to expect that with a young team. What's I think we have to go back to to me anyway. What the most alarming part of this 0-2 start it's the offense and and that's why we started the podcast talking about it but it's it's the whole offseason the six four five weeks however many we got of training camp was about how the continuity with Gary Kubiak the play calling Cousins party line you know this was supposed to be year two quote unquote even though it was year three of Cousins because he was in the same system not changing necessarily too much other than play caller and we can talk about the execution until we're blue in the face but to me it was about Kirk just looking uncomfortable looking like he never could get, get into a rhythm. He, Andrew, I, I, I wrote to my comments, like, he looks lost right now. Like, there's no like there's no plan of how to even, no uh, identity, no plan, no, um, you know, way to adjust. It's like they're just completely out of answers with this on that side. Well, and you, and you wonder, too, and it, it wasn't going to work with Stephon Diggs, the way things stood, and, you know, it's been kind of hinted at passive-aggressively passive enough that nobody's ever really come out and said, yeah, this was really bad. But we've reported it, and we believe in our reporting that it was bad. And, I mean, it was it was kind of simmering, but it was not something that was going to work going forward. That said, the play action has not been there. He hit Thielen for the one last week and, and took a couple shots today. But – you. So much of what they did so well last year was him being able to hit those deep shots off play action, and 
the fact that that has not been there kind of makes you feel too like part of that offensive identity is it's missing a little bit well how much do you think it has to do too with not having a full offseason not having he doesn't look comfortable to me throwing to guys like justin jefferson right throwing yeah, to guys part of it even maybe irv smith i mean there's just some some guys who are newer pieces maybe not first year guys but newer where it's like adam's the only guy he feel it seems he feels comfortable yeah, with. that's i, I would, would say agree. that with the newer guys you probably just don't have that trust factor and that's not to say um, that's not an excuse, but if you if you haven't thrown many passes, these guys you just don't know how they come out of breaks. I mean, I, I think there is something to that. Um, We've seen that, and we saw it a little bit, I think, with Aaron Rodgers too. Sure, you know, it's everybody, everybody but Devontae Adams. He's a little bit yeah. hesitant with. At least we saw certainly that was the case last year. And yeah, it, it takes some time, especially when you are a quarterback like Cousins, who likes to know where things are going to be and he's not a guy that's going to go improvise a ton and playoff schedule he's talked about wanting to do more of that but it's still not going to be a guy that is throwing it all all over the place and making all sorts of crazy Patrick Mahomes type plays he's going to want things to be the way that they're supposed to be and that means people being in the right spot and him being able to trust that so when you don't have that time I think that does make a difference the Colts had a 100-yard receiver and a 100-yard running back for the first time since 2010. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess that would have been the end of the Manning era. I think mm. 11 was the last year of Manning, but mm. um, I, I was kind of amazed by that stat. Yeah. Well, i got to be honest with you. I may be dead wrong about this, but they look like a five-win team to me. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed. I, I just don't think they're that good. And well, sorry, like are you talking about the Colts, the Colts or the Vikings? The Colts, I think Colts. you're talking about, right? Oh, oh yeah. No, <laughs> I couldn't no. tell which team you were no, talking I, about. To me, I, I watched the Colts, and I just don't see a lot there. I mean, yeah. even though they dominated the Vikings, I mean, they look like a five-win team. To me. I would agree with you. I, I, I mean, Phillip Rivers looks it, pretty not washed. Much there. Yeah. And, I mean, their their lines of scrimmage are both good, and they've got some nice pieces, Darius Leonard. But, yeah, the secondary can be, I think, beaten and – yeah, that doesn't look like a great team, and we don't really care about the Colts from here on out, only in the sense that it's a barometer for the Vikings. And if they're not good and they do that, with what you have to face in the next three weeks, that's going to be a tough thing to try to get it back together. You know, and you brought up a good point. What Zimmer said is he basically said, played some real conservative vanilla um defense to try to help out his secondary and they, they kind of got gashed up up the middle like that so now it's like well next week now, now what do you do <laughs> you well, I, I think part of that part of it should be it can and should be put on coaching when we talk about that because last week it was a lot of single high safety it was a lot of aggressive safety in the box stop Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones was not the reason why the, the Vikings lost that game it was obviously sure. Aaron Rodgers so going into this one I was surprised to hear Mike Zimmer because I haven't gone back and as, as they say watched the tape but I Did they gone, say that today? <laughs> a few times. Correctable mistakes. Um, but I haven't seen necessarily how much they backed up the safeties. But if they did that, that's quite the call to make going into a game where you knew the Colts had one of the best O-lines in football and Jonathan yep. Taylor. And your defensive line has not been able to get any kind of penetration or push against the run. And the other thing is that did you really think Philip Rivers is going to pick you apart? That's what I mean. Yeah. He yeah. might just be in a damned if you do, damned if you well, don't it could situation be. And it could right be, now. You know? That's a good point. I mean, we should note that he is trying to configure his front without Michael Pierce, mm-hmm. without Daniel Hunter, at least for another week, which rhymes with tweak. Um, and he might not have Anthony Barr for a while, but when you're missing the guys they're missing up front, I think that is a is a big factor. I, I think especially Michael Pierce right now. 
And you had you had no way of. I'm not saying at all that it's all oh, they shouldn't sign him because he might opt out because of COVID. I think for his his own health and his own life, it was the right decision, and they supported it. But the fact of the matter is, where you are right now, that does hurt. I think not yeah. having a guy like that to plug up some of those holes and in the front. Int- yeah, it's interesting that he he mentioned they're a little undersized up there now too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's almost like can't overcome that. <laughs> you know what we. That's just it. They did not sign Shamar Stefan to be their nose tackle, and that's who he is right now. They signed him to be their, their big three technique to help on first and second downs against the run. That's, then th- that's all they signed you him You hope for. somebody else comes in on third downs, yep. whether it's James Lynch or Afadi DJ moving inside. Wanham, Afadi moving inside. Yeah. That's your pass rush on third down. Yeah, and so they what they could do in 2019 was kind of piecemeal this pass rush together on the inside, knowing that they had this great run-stopping duo in, in Stefan and, and Joseph. But yep. when you don't have Joseph, that's two extra O-linemen now freed up. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and that's made a huge difference in this running game. And now Zimmer has to toy with his safety so much because he doesn't know if he can trust his corners. Yeah, as Ben, you said, damned if you do, damned if you don't is a good way to put it. Because I think at this point, while hindsight might say they might have been better off, trying to stop Jonathan Taylor instead of Phillip Rivers. Uh, we don't know if Phillip Rivers doesn't somehow go off for a few touchdowns if they play it the other way. Yeah, I, I think I think he still – I mean, the way they talked this week, I, I think he still seemed to have enough respect for Rivers to not want to, you know, give all of his resources to stop the run at the expense of, of leaving his corners exposed. Or maybe he just feels that nervous about his corners – being able to hold up without the extra help. And, and certainly last week would suggest that that's a valid concern. I, mm-hmm. It's just, boy, it's it's hard to look at it right now. And, and you know, maybe Daniil Hunter comes back in two weeks and everything's fine. Um, they have said that. I have maintained that until we get a little more of a, uh, either a look at Hunter or some – transparency about what is really going on there it's hard to take that at face value yeah. so when you said this is fine i just picture the dog in the burning house yeah that, <laughs> that, that yeah. mean yeah, yeah because <laughs> yep even if hunter comes back i still feel like they're that dog in that house because he, he has not been able to do much conditioning at this point yeah with you're right a reported neck injury so there's no guarantee he's going to come back and be full strength and then ngakwe is still kind of coming to form but hey they got their first sack in the seventh quarter of the yep. season yeah um, off of him. Yeah, it was a strip sack. It was. It was. So didn't recover the fumble, but if you can get something out of him. Strip sack. If you can get more from him every week, Hunter coming back, and we didn't even mention Anthony Barr shoulder injury out for this game, could be longer uh, as he gets testing done uh, tomorrow on Monday to figure out the extent of that injury. But it's just one thing after another, and so I think with some of those pieces coming back on defense, you hope that helps. However, the biggest hope they need to pin on the twenty twenty season is Kirk and this offense finding some way to get it going. Yeah, I. And I, I put no stock in the garbage time stuff against against Green Bay, and so to me, they've been every bit as bad as the offense. Now you can people can say the numbers and all that. Last week it means nothing. Garbage time means nothing. At, at the moment of truth, they did nothing in 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 that first game. So you mean I, the offense has been just as bad as the defense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think they've been just as as uh, responsible for these two stinkers. And so I don't I. I don't know. I mean, I just I I haven't seen anything positive. I haven't either, and and I guess we should end it. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we need to get to, but the one thing that that stuck in my head too is is Kirk talks about playing off schedule better, improvising all these things. Well, he was put in a tough spot on that opening drive where it's third and goal from like the three, and Gary yeah. Kubiak decides to go empty backfield, right. which is a pretty rare call that close to the goal line. So you're telling the defense, okay, we're throwing. 
But then the Colts really widened their front front mm-hmm. four, and it looked to me from sitting way up here in the press box that Kirk could have ran it in. And I asked Mike Zimmer that after the game. Zimmer uh, didn't say one way or another. He just said it's you know, hard for me to remember or tell. But what did you guys think about that play? And, and not only the call, but I guess how Kirk ran it. That series to me was very odd because this, the first play, he's in the shotgun. He's got Ham and Cook to either side, and they're from like the eight-yard line, and he got like four yards on a handoff to Ham there. But the second play, Cook got stuffed after uh, the defensive tackle shed a block, 76. His name is escaping me at the moment. But basically met Cook in, in the you know at the line of scrimmage and bear-hugged him and took him down. It struck me as we don't think we can just line it up and pound it in with our our zone stuff like we usually do yeah and and they tried to though yeah i remember ben we were sitting right next to each other i remember when they went first and goal from the eight and shotgun and then hand off to ham i guess the the third down play you're right what makes me think that well that's the thing it's like even yeah even if you'd put dalvin in the backfield there i think the colts probably would still read pass right you're thinking they're probably gonna have to throw it in from here but at least you have the option yeah that's what at least you have the yeah. You know, you, you make them think about, hey, they could do something with Dalvin here, but when he was split out way right, uh, uh, right, and it's just you talk about identity. That's just not who they are. Well, and it seemed like that kind of situational lack of awareness from Cousins, where he's so like kind of turning, turning, doesn't want to take the sack, trying to find the open guy, yeah. and then launches it through the back of the end zone when you could have stepped up and maybe just sure. ran it in for yeah. you know five yards for a touchdown and. Um, but to Ben's point about them not really having that confidence, they certainly don't when they go empty backfield from the three. But then why try that from the two or from the second down goal? Why even yeah. try running Dalvin from yeah. under center? I remember I turned to you at, at the game and I said, they need to stay in shotgun. Why would you go under center? Because if you're going to run that from there, they know it's probably coming. And sure. you do not have the interior offensive line. They just don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that we thought was an issue. I mean, it's a how much bigger of an issue it is without Pat Elfline, we can debate. Drew Samia did not have a good day. Elfline hasn't been good either. He had a but, tough day. He was yeah. <laughs> well, the safety was hit was the guy shedding him and then running a stunt, at least to get the first hit on Cousins until Forrest Buckner finished it. But He also gave up a sack and just got obliterated on another yeah, pass rush where yeah. he just went flying backwards. It's It was not a good day. Yeah, it's – I mean, that's – we thought would be an issue and it has been through two weeks and yeah it's it it's it's one of those years where and it's hard to know and you know the the doom saying is probably a little early especially when there's seven playoff teams in the conference but they have talked about this evolution of the roster thing while trying to keep it all together so at some point if this gets bad and it gets recast as this is the rebuilding year they haven't played it that way. No. They, they're not setting their roster up to be a team that's in transition. They're still set up to win now. And I think we're seeing how tough it is to do that while trying to you know, basically keep everybody together. And then you have to do the cost of doing business there by getting rid of some of the older guys and then trying to adjust on the fly. Well, it's not It's not even that, too, but it's, as you said, the, how they're positioned. They still try to position themselves as, as win now. And while Mike Zimmer turns around and says all summer, I've never had a bad defense. Yeah. yeah. Well, this defense is pretty bad right now. Yeah. And it, that's, I mean, and you talked about, you know, two games, you don't want to, Cousins pass it off as small sample size and you don't want to be doomsday. But I go back to my original point. If you've seen anything positive in these first two games where you're like, you know what, they can build on that. I haven't seen anything they can build on yet. Have you? 
Well, Cook's four yards per touch. <laughs> Just keep my – that's my only thing. It's like if you – the only way to get Cousins comfortable, in my opinion, right now anyway, if you can't orchestrate some kind of quick-getting passing game that gets him in a rhythm, is you've got to feed Dalvin. And, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's more outside stuff, if you can't get it up the middle. I don't know if it's more screen stuff or in the passing game. But somehow find a way to get your most talented guy, your hardest guy to tackle on offense, the ball. Just find good a point. way to do it. Very good. Yeah, and he's been he's – been, you know – Take away the garbage time stuff last week. He's yeah. been a non-factor. Yeah, yeah, he really has. And, I mean, one last thing here on, on the the playoff picture as it relates to things. I mean, you figure it still probably takes nine wins to get in, I'd assume. So they got to go nine and five with your next three, Tennessee, at Houston, at Seattle. So say you lose two of those, then you're in a position where you got to go eight, and three, which is an awful lot of consistency to expect from a team that has shown very little of it. That is, that is. Well, um, we should break for this podcast from Indianapolis. Thanks, guys, for checking out all of our coverage. We will break down Sunday's game against the Titans and the Vikings when Jadavion Clowney and Derrick Henry come to town. Thanks for listening. Maybe you should get off the podcast.